Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Thank God Brian, Benny, and the gang from Family Karma are back because Lord knows you housewives, you housewives, you worked my damn nerves this week. Luann Deliceps, you worked my nerves. Ramona Singer, Ramona Costa, you worked my nerves. Holla, Heather, you worked my nerves. Sudden. You worked my nerves. You know what? Let me quit telling y'all who worked my nerves and let me just go ahead and get into why they worked my damn nerves. It's your new episode of Me and You, The Housewives of Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick host of the Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo!
Oh, hi, guys. <sighs> I bet you're wondering how my weekend was. No, I'm going to tell you anyway, damn it. It was a pretty busy weekend, but Saturday, I got to spend the whole day with one of my cousins who I haven't really gotten to kick it with one-on-one -on -one in a while. One, because of COVID, but two, just because of our schedule. She has her own business now. She, uh, you know, she does taxes. She uh, is all into like holistic care and she sells like her own skin products that she's launching. You know, so like I, I've been doing this podcast, the Instagram account. I've been working a full-time job and the job is all consuming so we haven't really gotten a chance to hang out we hung out this weekend for the sole purpose of watching the two new sailor moon movies yes you heard me correctly we had to see what usagi aka serena and the gang have been up to i'm talking about sailor venus i'm talking about sailor mercury i'm talking about sailor mars i'm talking about sailor jupiter you know we had to see what the girls were talking about so you know, the two new, they're on Netflix. Check them out. We actually really enjoyed them. It felt like a blast from the past. It was real nostalgic. You know, I love me a little piece of nostalgia. So it was good. I like both of them. Both movies were, I think they were listed as about 75 minutes long. So you can count about, you know, under that, about 70 minutes a piece. You can crank out both movies in about two and a half hours. You're good to go. So check it out if you know if you want a little piece of nostalgia. Now it ain't you know if, if you're always just only a Dragon Ball Z fan or you know Inuyasha, you know some of the other girls, you you Hakusho, you know then you know you can watch Sailor Moon. Ain't nothing wrong with Sailor Moon. Check it out. You know Ray and all of them. You know they gotta whoop some ass every now and then. They even got some lesbians. And I'd see now when I was a kid, I didn't know Michelle or whatever they call on here and uh, Amara. I didn't know they were lesbians, but. Listen, it's Pride Month. Netflix let us know this time. They even adopted Sailor Saturn. I didn't know any of this went on as a kid. I guess I was just so damn naive. But listen, do we go up for it? Yes, the hell we do, okay? <laughs> and if you're listening to this on the day this episode comes out, then it's a Monday. And that means that The Bachelorette is back. And I'm very happy about it. I've been really waiting to see what Katie is going to do with this group of men. And yes, I know I've decreased the number of shows that I talk about, but I will up it to four just because The Bachelorette is coming back. See, I did it one because a lot of our shows had exited, but two, I felt like three was a good number to like super dive into the episodes and y'all have been giving me good feedback about it. So I didn't want to, you know, divert from that too much, but I know a lot of y'all are excited about The Bachelorette too, which I am too. And you know, I'm all into it. And a lot of my, you know, podcaster friends are into it too. So why not get into it? You know, I might cross over with them, see what they're doing, see what they're talking about, you know. So it'll be a good little ride. So let's all plan to watch that. And, and, and let's assume you're listening to this two days after the episode came out. Then it's Wednesday. What the hell are you listening to me for? Get your ass off of Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, wherever the hell you listen to me and go over to Disney Plus. Low Key is here. It's what we've been waiting on. I've been needing a new Disney Plus show. I know it feels like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier just finale, but I've been needing something. Y'all know I've been fiending like a crackhead. Anybody want some crack? You know, I'm just, I'm scratching and itching. I really need something. So Low Key's back. You know, I'll be putting out my Thursday episodes talking about it. 
we're trying to figure out now how we're going to do the clubhouse rooms because I know you guys have been interested in me doing a Marvel room. I've been thinking about, you know, doing maybe a lunch with Loki or something like that. You know, maybe a little piece of noon, you know, a little piece of noon on Thursdays. We talk about it after the episode, you know, the bonus podcast episode has come out. You know, it can be either a supplement or it can be going over it. Yeah, I'll pull you guys on stage. We talk about it. Yeah, no, we, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll let y'all know that on Instagram. So if you don't follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast, follow me on there. We have a good time. I cut up in the stories. All of my chaotic friends, I repost them. I give y'all all the news about Marvel, DC, Housewives, reality TV, all of that good jazz, all that good stuff. Even scripted TV. You know, I love me some scripted TV too. So, you know, we, we have a good time. As a matter of fact, after uh, I finished recording and editing this, I'm going to sit my black ass down and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kick it with Annabelle. And I'm going to see what Annabelle, what they doing over in the Conjuring universe. You know, HBO Max, they've dropped the new, uh, what is it, The Devil Made Me Do It from the Conjuring universe. So I'm going to see what they, you know, see what them girls over there giving. I'm, I, child, <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm, I like a couple of jump scares at midnight. You know, I don't watch scary movies during the daytime. It got to be pitch black. You know, I like it to be raining a little bit, thundering. You know, I like to be scared during my horror movies. So, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, yeah, if you're listening to this, when this episode drops, report back to me, you know, slide in the DMs, ask me what I thought about the movie. I'll let you know. I'll say, you know, bust or ooh, fuss, you know, something like that. We'll, we'll figure it out. But you know what? I've done enough damn talking. Let's go ahead and get into these housewives. Oh, let me, let me go ahead and kick it off with the real housewives of Della Sips. I mean, let's kick it off with the real housewives of New York. We're still at Ramona's breakfast at Tiffany's party. We see Leah and Ramona making amends for the 4,872nd thousand. Wait, 76, y'all know what I mean. A whole lot of damn times. And once again, we're optimistic that it'll last. No, the fuck we're not. But Ramona, while the others are talking, tells Leah again that, you know, talking about sex makes her uncomfortable and that she wasn't raised that way specifically. The stick is big. The stick is small. She has a WP. A WP? What? Are you talking about a WAP? Is that what you talking Are you talking about the wedding gushy? Is that what the hell you talking about, Ramona? Listen. <laughs> What's hilarious is when they recap this conversation to the other women, Ebony jumped in and said, But Ramona, I thought I just heard you say you could take a big dick. <laughs> Ramona, listen. You be pulling the men, okay? Maybe you just mad because they said it out loud, but get, listen, you and Sonya kill me trying to act like y'all like small dicks and invisible dicks are the only dicks that matter. Listen, justice for BBCs, okay? <laughs> oh, see, I'm starting early. Let me quit. Ebony and Leah the next morning talk about Ramona's hypocritical tendencies, which we've known about for years. <laughs> Don't forget that Ramona founded hypocrite, you know, hysterical last season that Sonia was constantly talking about her P-U-S-S-Y, the pussy, but was so offended when Leah mentioned the word. So we're, we're, you know, Ramona being hypocritical is nothing new. It's important to know that the why, because she really thinks that that girl is Avery. Ooh, I'll get on that later on though. Immediately after that, we find out that Leah's grandma is doing even worse and that, you know, she most likely won't get the opportunity 
to have a conversation with her again, which is, you know, you can't help but to feel for Leah. Most of us have, you know, been in this situation and it's not a good one. Later, while Garth is at Luann's house making that tired ass lamb curry, the other women are at Ramona's house still getting ready. Ebony and Leah are using Leah's glam team to get ready while the other ladies are, you know, putting on them same lace front shirts. I'm looking at you, Ramona, <laughs> that we're so used to seeing. They come down and the caption on the screen says 30 minutes until Luann's party. And Ramona starts interrogating them about why they're in hair and makeup. Girl, first of all, mind your business. Ain't nobody questioning you about why you keep buying them lace in the front shirts and barely brushing your hair and uh, why Sonya keep buying them big ass blouses. We ain't, we ain't nobody questioning you about that. But listen, Ebony, Ebony cleared Ramona ass and she even brought Abraham Lincoln into it. You know what? We love an educated read, okay? Ebony said, after Ramona tried to uh, blame this shit on being hangry, like she always do, Ebony said, 1865, Emancipation Proclamation. I'm free, okay? So what you're not going to do is tell me what to do with my time. Y'all better, y'all better catch it, okay? Ebony is throwing them educated reads at y'all, and y'all better catch every last one of them. The first group of ladies arrive at Luann's house and child Ebony and Leah literally arrived like 10 minutes later than the first group. Y'all had me thinking that y'all were about to be hours late being rude as fuck to Luann, but the latest group arrived barely 15 minutes late. Listen, y'all better stop showing up at people's house right on time for shit. Okay. <laughs> Girl, give me a heads up to up, moisturize my damn face and, and put a towel on after I got out the shower. Hey, y'all showing up right on time. I ain't even uh, put the food in the oven yet. Shit. Ebony and Leah looked great. And when I looked up to admire, you know, like the, the, the hair that had been done and the fashions, you know, all the Burberry and all that kind of good shit. I once again, see Garth and I'm reminded of how they tried to make us believe Garth was the finest motherfucker on the planet. You know what, Leanne? Not Leanne. Chad, Leanne and Luann, both of y'all go to hell, okay? <laughs> I'm tired of y'all. It's hilarious that Luann really tried to set Sonya up with this man that plays the guitar named Alfredo. Now, granted, he's named after the correct pasta sauce, okay? Alfredo over marinara sauce all day long. Don't play with me, okay? Unless you know it's you give me a if you can give me a good lasagna from a nice restaurant, like a good authentic lasagna, then I might let you say marinara is better than Alfredo, but you know, otherwise go to hell. Quiet as it's kept, they should have flung that man to Ramona. The way she was dancing and swaying and rubbing on herself while that man was playing that raggedy ass guitar. Sonya, like, don't nobody want that damn man. <laughs> Sonya was more focused on that butt naked ass man that they were trying to paint. That's who she was focused on. He needed someone to help him derobe, and she jumped at the opportunity. I know that's right, Sonya. Leah, who we know is quote unquote sex positive is blushing the entire time, blushing right along with the rest of them. But the way they're describing him, <laughs> the way they're describing this man naked, Kurt, the male model, they made it sound like he was swinging and hanging. I mean, I don't know what was going on. You know, he was <laughs> Johnson and Flanson. I don't know. I couldn't ride on with Johnson. Y'all know what I mean. But he, they made it seem like somebody even said it was a beautiful penis. You know what? I know that's right. Uh, Kurt, 
I bet your hinge or Tinder profile, y'all know I don't be on that shit. I, I bet they blowing up after this episode. All you got to put is you were on episode five of season, what, 13 of The Real Housewives of New York, and you just say, enough said. I bet your uh, goddamn DMs will be flooded out the frame. I know that's right, Kurt. After that portion was over, we see Leah breaking down regarding her grandmama, and I just feel so bad about this. Like, anybody, like, Ebony is really good at keeping it together, even though I know it's hard for anybody. So even, like, with Ebony having, you know, a strong disposition, I know it's super hard for her, too. Anybody that's had to watch a family member die can relate to this because it is not easy. It's weird because like sometimes you almost wish they would just go ahead and pass because you don't want to see them in pain anymore. Like sitting there and watching them in pain the whole time is not where it's at. Other times you can't imagine living with them because of the impact that they've had on you since like your childhood. The last thing, no, the third Hooch, what you really, if you like me and your family, if you're the person that does everything, you're not only stressing and mourning the person that's about to pass, but you also are going to have to plan a whole damn funeral right after that shit. And you know that in the back of your mind and you like, God damn, like, listen, you might, you start off sad mourning at first, but by day six, you like, look, fuck them roses and them lilacs, okay? <laughs> bring whatever goddamn flower you have in bloom. I don't give a damn no more. Just bring something, put it up there next to the casket. It's going to be a closed casket anyway, and I'm not going to sit up here and tell y'all no more. Just bring some shit so you get real attitudinal with them folk. They call you, cussing you back out because you don't want to pay them high-ass bills. It's a lot. And then you got to deal with insurance companies. You know what? Let me stop speaking from experience because I, I was about to fuck around and get mad. Let me quit. Listen. Let's go ahead and get to this part y'all want to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump to this multifaceted brunch that Luann threw. This triggering ass brunch. This Luann, I bet not catch your ass in the streets brunch. Okay. It jumps off when Luann asked what happened the night before. Cause she heard, she heard that part where like Ebony was running after Ramona saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, that whole, uh, scene. Leah says, well, Ramona was telling me that, you know, she loves me, but she hates the way I openly talk about sex. Luann brings it back to her and Ramona's upbringing in the Catholic church. Girl, Leah is like, okay, you got to give me a break with this. And, And look, I'm with you on that. I associate Luann and Ramona with a lot of things, but Catholicism and the church ain't one of them. Okay. If I do, I associate them with the church in the same way I associate like, uh, Jamal Bryant with the church. Okay, let me stop <laughs> before Giselle Bryant come whoop my ass. Y'all know she in the uh, she in the podcast game now. I don't want her and Robin to block me. I love y'all, Green Eye Bandits. Luann says they like to talk about sex, but only to a certain extent because after that, it becomes too much. And Ebony says to some people, true. They go back and forth about, you know, what's too much and see you next Tuesday and Sonia and all kinds of shit. And somehow Ramona once again brings up her daughter in relation to Leah. This is the one point where like I'm truly on Leah's side with everything because Ramona has been doing this since last season. It's got to be the age difference. I'm that, That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Now, I'm not on Leah's side with, you know, a lot of shit she does in this episode. But this particular, like, part of their relationship where Ramona always brings up her daughter in relationship to her talking about or scolding Leah, 
problematic for me. Leah gets up, storms away, and then she comes back and talks about like how hypocritical Ramona is because last night she was flashing her titties and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, listen, I'm not going to keep going on and on about how we know Ramona is hypocritical, okay? We know Ramona is hypocritical, okay? With Leah gone, Ramona acts like she understands why Leah is acting out but then talks about the dinner where she invited her to hang out with like her and Avery and some of Avery's friends. Ebony has to remind Ramona that Leah isn't her daughter, which is what I keep saying. And Ramona shouts, but she needs to respect me. Y'all know how I feel about these people on these damn shows thinking about, you know, they can just demand respect from other people when they refuse to give it out to anybody else. They ask Ebony if she understands what they mean. And Ebony's like, of course I understand, but I don't subscribe to that logic that like being a lady or, you know, not being classy means that you can't talk about those kind of things. You know, you're not, you're defined like not as a lady or you're defined as not classy. If you have those kind of conversations, Ramona immediately starts screaming. Ebony is trying to talk and make a point, but Ramona is too busy screaming and hollering and hooping and, and uh, gyrating laden and doing all of this to where she can't even listen to her. Ebony is like, I could have sworn Luann says something about being raised in the church. And Luann said, well, you know, it has nothing to do with class, but everything to do with education, darling. And Le- <laughs> Ebony is like, uh... I don't agree with that either. Like it has nothing to do with education. Quite frankly, I have more education than everybody at this table. Side note, you better motherfucking say that shit. You know, y'all know I love when somebody boss up with their motherfucking education. I love, a, uh, I love getting folk together with the facts. I know that's right, Ebony. They're like, well, how do you know that? And she's like, I Googled everybody. And then they start laughing. Everybody except Luann, who is fuming and steaming and just angry for no damn reason now that's the angry white woman okay angry for no reason because her fragile ass needs to always feel like she's better than everybody else she asked so your degrees make you more educated than everyone and emily's like it technically you know it makes me technically more educated Luann said, well, then, you know, that's, uh, she, uh, Luann, you, you really pissed me off this episode. Luann starts to get real ignorant and says, uh, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard coming from somebody who's so educated. We get a brief intermission, which ends up like being very important to the grand scheme of things of this episode, because Leah makes yet another appearance. Like she was outside waiting on her Uber and just decided to get pissed off again and come back. And she is screaming and angry and talking to Ramona. She says, don't compare me to Avery, little raggedy terrorist ass. Okay, she didn't say that, but y'all know what I mean. Y'all know Avery here. And that Avery has probably been sucking dick since the age of 14. Child. Now, this is where Leah would have had to catch the motherfucking fade, okay? Ebony, I mean, Leah would have had to meet me outside. Leah. Whew. Now, look, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, okay? I I did laugh at the shit. Y'all know I'm kind of low down. I did laugh. Yep, because fuck Ramona, okay? But as a rational person, Leah, ooh-wee. 
Leah lets it be known that she's not going to allow Ramona to treat her poorly anymore. And then she goes around the table shouting, you're a hoe, you're a hoe, you a hoe, you a hoe, you a hoe, use a hoe, hoe, use a hoe, hoe, use a hoe. I swear, let me stop for ludicrous, uh, sue my ass. And then she exits stage left once again. Now, keep in mind, Nobody calls her angry. You know, that triggering word, that dog whistling that people tend to do. No one called her angry or no one says, you know, you're screaming. Why? Because they now have a minority target that they can passive aggressively throw those insults to knowing that there are years of implications behind those verbal stereotypical jabs. Okay. You know what? I need a moment to woosah before I finish this episode. So let me beautifully throw it over to Niamade, a.k.a. that African butterfly on Instagram. And let me let her give you her thoughts. You're going to hear from her a couple times in this episode, all with amazing points. Let me let her break all of this down for you guys. Hi, this is Niamade, that African butterfly on social media. Uh, And I am, well, I live in Delaware. Anyway, so I want to say, quite a few things about New York, actually. First and foremost, they need to listen to each other. It's, their biggest problem is that everybody is so busy being ready to respond and to retaliate that they're not actually listening to the words coming out of each other's mouths. They're only taking their perception of it and running wild with it. Um, so when Ramona, and you know it pains me to defend Ramona. When Ramona says, I personally don't feel comfortable being around those words, she's not saying that, you know, I mean, she's not saying that people who use them are awful or blah, 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 even though she's kind of said that before. But I do think she's had a little bit of growth and that she's just saying it just doesn't make me feel comfortable. And also don't say it around my daughters. I mean, Ramona's not completely naive, I'm sure. Her daughter's a 25-year-old woman. I'm sure she knows she talks about those things, but that doesn't mean she, as a mother, wants to talk about those things. And I, who have no problems talking about sex stuff and TMI things with my girlfriends, I would be mortified at my old age of being in my 30s. I'd be mortified if someone tried to talk about that type of stuff with me in front of my mother. So I can understand that I can understand Ramona not wanting to talk about it and even Avery. And just because Leah likes to talk about that stuff, that doesn't mean there's not a time and a place for it. And you can choose to ignore that. Here's the thing. Freedom of speech does not free you from consequences. So if Leah wants to say, hey, I'm that person. I don't give a damn. I'll talk about what I want when I want. Fine, be that person, but understand that it means people will be upset. You can't get mad at people for being upset when you choose to disregard um norms or propriety because you want to say what you want to say cool say it but people will be upset you can't get mad at them for that and then my other piece is on the whole ebony luann argument because a huge part of that is really luann just hearing what she wanted to hear ebony said educated she did not say smarter. And even when Luann was repeating what Ebony said, Luann kept saying, she said she's smarter than all of us. And Sonia and Ebony are both like, she did not say smarter. She said more educated. And then in the confessionals, Luann tried to like reel it back and say like, well, I think educated means blah, blah, blah. But the point is she said educated, you heard smarter and you got offended. But the fact is a fact as far as what education is. And Luann calling her angry I'm going to try not to curse up a storm right now. 
The way I'm calling her angry is so ridiculous. And it points to exactly why being being not racist is not enough. You have to be anti-racist. And actually, it doesn't even matter what race you are. Because let's look at the bonnet gate that's happening right now. Respectability prof politics. Because everything reverts back to white is right. And anything that is closely assimilated to that is seen as being preferred or as being better. And the further away from that you draw, then the worse you are. And the problem with that is that we're not respecting people's cultural differences and wanting people to be a certain way and then when they're not they're looked down upon and that's why she was so quick to say that she was angry for being upset Ramona was just screaming Leah was just screaming but Ebony is the angry black girl no that's just because of the stereotype and even though it kills Luann she's not the type to want to admit it but that's what it is and that's why you have to be anti-racist you have to dig out the fact that even though you want to say something like that you shut your mouth and you don't say it you don't say oh well I'm just saying it and you know it's, it is what it is like no anyways I won't keep going on because I could talk about this forever because I'm really annoyed as I'm sure everybody everybody is with that I mean did she say that shit or did she say that shit? Okay. <laughs> y'all hear from her a few more times during this episode. She has some thoughts. Okay. Ooh, I can't wait to y'all hear all these thoughts during family karma. I've never gotten these, this many voice messages about one show, but y'all, y'all hear about that soon. Okay. People are happy. Family karma is back and they felt that climax in their spirit. Okay. Heather's ass after Leah walks off says like simply says people need to listen to each other. She didn't say anything else that Nehemiah just said. None of that uh, great nuance that she just gave us. No, she simply says that even though she's built her whole back on you, child. Let me, <sighs> let me not get on Heather because Heather, I will wear your ass out talking about your background with these black companies and how you just get on her and you fence ride and you not the the kind of ally people need. But I'm not go. I'm not get on you for that. You know, I used to be a Holly Heather fan. I'm not going to get on you. Let me, let me get up off you. Okay. Who was See, I just used that whole time that she was talking to, to calm myself down. I didn't got worked up all over again. Luann. Luann says, I've been very clear for someone who was uneducated. See, still taking jabs, still taking jabs at somebody who's not jabbing at you. Now, if Ebony were to call you a man stealing uppity ass delusional former countess who used to get punked by Bethany Franklin and Dorinda Medley on a regular basis, then she would have been well within her rights to do that. Okay. Ebony says she needs to clear this up and they keep trying to talk over her because keep in mind, Sonia is the only person actively sticking up for Ebony. And Ramona and Luann start the gaslighting one-on-one college course that they used to. You know, they you know they always stick to them rivers and them lakes that they used to. Gaslighting is their favorite one. Ebony's, you know, has to sit there and literally break down how education, at least in America, I can't speak for no other country, education in America. You know, you get your associates if you want to. Then maybe you decide to go up to your bachelor's. Once you get that bachelor's, you're like, you know what? Maybe I go for my master's. You go for your master's. You know what? I might want to be a doctor one day. Maybe I want to be like Dr. Wendy and have four degrees. So you go up to the doctorate level. You get into you a doctoral program. You know, you get into one of them. Like Luann, shut the hell up. She keeps trying to push this, you know, she says she's smarter than us narrative. And Sonia has to literally jump in and say, she said most educated. 
Luann tried to say, do you speak three languages? You don't want to go tit for tat. She's doing her damnedest to make it seem like normal people associate education with being well-traveled and how many counts and princes you can fuck and all this kind of stuff. Girl, when somebody asks someone their educational background, they're referring to the trades that they've acquired, what they've studied in a college or a university, the certificates that they've obtained, and the likes, what degrees they have. Luann, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen insecure ass they go back and forth about the education versus catholicism thing and lou continues to make snide remarks and then start rolling her neck and say girlfriend and all like that all that silly ass caricature shit and ebony continues to articulate her point luann says don't come into my house and tell me that i don't have an education like it's a fucking privilege to be invited into the home of all of Sonya's ex-boyfriends. Gary, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and Ebony says, I'll leave your home. Ebony details how she, you know, was giving Luann much respect and all this kind of stuff. And Luann's like, well, it doesn't sound like it. And Ebony's like, well, you need to clean your ears out because that's exactly what I was doing. And Luann's like, well, you're the one screaming. Ebony like, uh... I am not screaming. What the hell are you talking about? And of course, this gives Ramona Rollercoaster Singer credence to now act like her ears are, you know, just so sensitive, like a newborn baby. Just such sensitive ears. Oh, precious. I'm so sorry. They just sensitive. And that Ebony, oh my God, you're just so loud, you know, after she was just screaming at Leah and Ebony both and how she was just uh, on the receiving end of Leah clearing her and Avery's asses. But okay, yeah, sure. Ebony is, Ebony is just so loud. Ebony says, very matter of fact, your white fragility is showing to Ramona. Thank you. Ooh, child, let me stop doing sick flicker voice on here. Her antichrist ass. <laughs> and motherfuckers, look, mother, people are tired of dancing around that dumb shit. Like we, we're tired of like having to coddle people like Ramona who act like they just can't fathom what the hell is going on around them. Luann says, don't bring her race into it. We didn't talk about your race. And Ebony is like, I wish the fuck you would. I know that's right, Ebony. She had to, yeah, Luann ain't that stupid now. You, you know better. She tries to calmly explain like what that term means to her and Ramona. And Ramona starts screaming at the top of her lungs again. Now they're trying to gang up and spin their dumbass words. And Ebony says, you know, roll the tape back, roll the tape back. Because we all just heard Luann say that it's about education. They're all screaming and shouting. And suddenly it's, why are you so angry to the black woman? Whoo, woosah, woosah, Luann, Lunisha Deliceps, we see you. You better post as many pictures as you can with your friend Cynthia Bailey and your little friend Kenya Moore since apparently y'all best friends now because Kenya Moore out here looking dumb as hell on the internet trying to defend uh, damn Luann and Kyle Richards. Girl, if you don't go to hell. Anyway, you better post as many pictures as you can with Cynthia Bailey so that black, black folks and wonderful allies are not fucking with you right now, Luann, okay? So now Ebony is trying to explain the bullshit that just happened in the calmest voice possible. The calmest voice on the planet. And Luann once again calls her angry. What a chump ass defense mechanism. Ultimately, Leah says, you know what? If you don't want me here because I'm not free to express myself, 
I'll go because I respect you. Luann actually tells this woman to leave and that she needs to go. Ooh, why does she? Ooh, she tells her that she needs to go and calm down. See, Luann, I'm the one you need to be telling to calm down because I'm mad as hell right now. Just even thinking about this. And then she used the term us. You've, you've come in my house and you've offended us. The others, you've offended us. You know what? How about fuck y'all since it's us? Fuck y'all. How about that? You know what? Let me. Ooh, it's time to leave New York. It's time to leave New York. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. We just, whew, we we got to get out of New York because they were, they they were sending me and Luann. I'm not gonna let you raise my blood pressure. Listen, let's go on down to Miami. Our favorite, favorite, favorite. Our favorite people are back. Family Karma. I love this show so much. It's such a good, lighthearted show. They give us drama, but it's never anything that's going to make us, you know, want to pull out the razor blade and go find somebody. You know, it's good drama amongst a group of friends that have all known each other, a community that has known each other for literally generations. So it's just good fun. It, you you got to watch it. If you don't watch, start tomorrow. Or hell, start today. You ain't doing shit. I know you pretending to work at your damn job right now. You ain't really doing that. You can start Family Karma right now. They got it on demand. You can go watch it. Listen, let's go on over to Family Karma and get into it. My babies are back. My beautiful cast of people are back. I just love, they all just so pretty to me. I love them all. They're back, and Bravo gave them a 75-minute premiere. Well, we know, you know, around the Atlanta circuits as a super-sized premiere. That makes me think Bravo has a lot of faith in them, and that makes me very happy. I hope the ratings reflect it. I hope y'all are going to watch it because I just love this show. And they started the premiere off with the moms. And if you don't know, on Family Karma, the moms and the dads and the grandparents are just as hilarious and entertaining as the kids are. I love it. Let me go ahead and throw, I'm going to get this episode started off with uh, Kaya from the Bravo Breakdown. Kaya, Kaya Caprice. I call, you know, it depends on the day we, we call her, whatever we call her, okay? I'm going to start off with her. And I'm going to have throughout this section of the episode a lot of other voice messages because people, listen, their premiere gave, okay? It inspired Okay, so let me go ahead and start off with her, but you go hear about 7,822 more, all right? Family Karma, baby, if you are not watching Bravo's Answer to the Kardashians, that's right, I said it, Bravo's Answer to the Kardashians 
ending their series forever, you need to get on into it. There's only one season that's been out so far, and this second season, 75-minute premiere, was everything in a bag of Doritos. Okay? And not Dorit. Even though I love her. Um... I just wanted to say that I am Team Vachelle. Dylan cannot make these serious accusations, and I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm not against threats of violence. He didn't do anything. He didn't touch him. He didn't push his head in the sand. He just said that if you fuck around again, you know, actions have consequences, and Dylan needs to know that. That's his little brother, and he can say whatever the hell he wants to him, especially when he's talking reckless and making these damn accusations. I am so into Anish being a career woman and sharing her journey about putting motherhood on the back burner for now until she gets the man that she wants or she can be like Gigi from Shaza Sunset and welcome a baby into the world on her own, on her own terms, okay? I low-key was trying to see which gynecologist she goes to just to see if we go to the same gynecologist since you got, this is TMI. Anyways, um, go Anish. Can we get into Bali's confessional looks? Although she gave us a little bit in the show and left us wanting more perfectly, I will say that she gave me everything I wanted in those confessional looks. I wonder what's up with her, you know, her storyline and her boo. Brian has cheated on us all. He has cheated on the fan base. Um... He has a new girlfriend, and his new girlfriend's name is Monica, which is weird. She's gorgeous. She's a doctor. You know, they make a beautiful couple. That's besides the point. You're wrong for that, Brian Benny. But um, come on in to Melanated Bravo, and we'll talk about it, and I'll forgive you. And you can bring Monica with you, too, the old and new one. Speaking of old Monica, she <laughs> she has a new man. They tried to call him Dollar Store Drake, and I was like, more, maybe more like Target Drake, and then she brought it up that he's Chanel Drake. Reesh is so fine, it don't make no sense, him and that brush cut. When that hotline blings for Monica, I know that she answers each and every time. They make such a cute couple. Um, I like that he doesn't do too much, you know? He's just there, and that's what I want a man to be like, unless he's full Patricia. You either gotta be full Patricia slash Simon, or you just gotta be there. Especially when you're not, like, a part of the family already. Dylan is being messy, yes, yes, yes okay? And that's why I'm here for Vishon putting his face in the dirt. Um, what a great 75-minute premiere. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to... Uh, what I was going to like or what, what I was going to dislike. I didn't dislike anything. I think everyone has a really solid storyline. The only thing that I would say is that there's a lot of new characters, so it's hard to keep up with. But come on with it, baby. Family Karma Season 2. If you are not watching, you're definitely missing out. Uh, this is Kaya from Bravo Wild Black. <laughs> I forgot to introduce myself, but y'all know my voice. We check in with my girl, Anisha, first. See, I think Anisha is one of them girls that Petey Pablo shouted out in Freak-A-Leak. <laughs> Freak-A-Leak, Keisha, Anisha, Sharonda, Freak-A-Leak. You know, she's going on a whole journey with freezing her eggs, and we all support it, okay? We, listen, go get that fashion line bussing and hold off on the kids. Meanwhile, Brian Benny, 
my boo <laughs> is celebrating his birthday and we find out that he's dating Monica. Yay! Applause, applause, applause. Insert applause here. I live for the applause like Lady Gaga. Oh, no, wait. Not that Monica. Not the Monica we were rooting for. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> this man wanted Monica Vaswani so bad that he went out and found a whole new Monica to love on. You know what? You should have just dated R&B singer Monica. She told you that she got love all over her. That would have been good enough. Y'all would have had some, some pretty ass kids. Lord. Meanwhile, Monica Vaswani is dating a fine ass that she said, you know, they say looks like Drake. <laughs> but if given the choice, I'm thinking most people go pick Reesh over Drake. I'm just saying. Don't argue with me. Argue with your mammy, okay? Hearing Brian and his parents talk about Monica whew, is when we hear Brian's mom refer to her as a prick tease. <laughs> now, I had thoughts about this, but I'm actually going to throw it back to Niamade again because she summed it off. Oh, she summed it up all so perfectly. Hey, it's Niamade or that African butterfly from Delaware. Um, just wanted to talk about Family Karma for a minute. I love the show. I'm so happy that it's back. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the new characters progress because I'm a little bit on the fence, I didn't like how he tried to downplay what he said that hurt um, Vichel's feelings that led to him saying what he said in response about hurting him. And it obviously wasn't like a threat threat. It was like a brotherly threat. I mean, he may have taken it more and you can't help how people take things. But I don't know. It just seemed like he was purposely stirring up the drama. Um, and also, so I love Brian's family. But I was really disappointed with his mom's constantly calling Monica a prick tease. And I know the def like the way she's using the word, I think is more of like a cultural difference because definitely Monica wasn't trying to like prick tease. And as a woman, it drives me crazy when other women do this as well. Obviously as his mother, she's gonna wanna take his side, but she doesn't need to villainize Monica for that. Like Monica, it's okay for her to wanna be friends with him. And not want to be more like we need to get to the point where we don't like make guys feel like women are expectant to want a relationship with them. And even if she did previously want one with him, if he wasn't interested already at the time, she's allowed to move on. That doesn't make her the bad guy in the situation. And it doesn't make him the bad guy either for not wanting a relationship and then changing his mind. But I hate that we instantly make the woman the villain, like it's all her fault when that's not the case at all. And it's especially hurtful to hear it come from a woman but honestly, that's why it happens. And I've said this for a long time that women are the gatekeepers of the patriarchy and of misogyny because the mothers pass that logic on to their sons. But overall, I still think their family is fabulous and I'm very interested to see how this season plays out and I'm just glad that it's back. Also, Bali looked amazing as we knew she would. Love her. The first group meetup scene is Vishal and Brian going over to Amrit's new place. We learn that Vishal and Risha aren't um <laughs> on the best of terms. After that elaborate ass engagement party last season, child, Vishal says he got des <laughs> he got depressed at the beginning of quarantine because as you remember he has Crohn's disease. So it affected him hard because I think he actually caught COVID. When he recovered, 
he wanted to go to like couples counseling because you know he had been depressed that whole time he wanted them to work through their issues but she said like no i know what's wrong with me you go figure out what's wrong with you she even gave that man that ring back oh i did the child she was also <laughs> listen he was eavesdropping on one of the conversations that she was having with her mother and he found out that Risha's mom, and you know, she don't she don't see it with a shawl anyway, but Risha's mom has a new condo in Miami, and she told him not to tell him. Woo! I love how happy Monica Vaswani's dad is about her dating Rich. I love how close, like, this community is that they know before the relationship jumps off if it's going to work or not, <laughs> he loves him. And you know, he thinks that he's a great young man and that they're a match made in heaven. Hell, he already talking about them having twins. Whoa, whoa, daddy. Whoa, whoa. Slow your road. Now. We ain't talking about all that now. Okay. We then get an update with Amrit's relationship and things seem to be, you know, still headed in the right direction as they're now moving into that new apartment that I mentioned earlier. I only mentioned this scene really because, you know, just a quick kind of little filler scene. I mentioned this scene because they use the word auspicious quite a few times, like 723 times, separate times in this scene. I had to look that shit up just to make sure I knew what it meant. <laughs> Newsflash, I didn't. So <laughs> it means favored by fortune. So them praying to like the, I forgot the name, but it was the God of auspiciousness. And, uh, and the fact that it was raining at the same time means good things are ahead for this beautiful gay pride coupling, just like, you know, Wiccan and Hulkling, you know, you see, where else do you get a, a Marvel comics reference when talking about family karma? Y'all better go up for this podcast. Side note. I love how family karma constantly breaks the fourth wall and how when Amrit and his man were leaving, the parents and the producers literally just started talking like right there on camera about how like how much the mom is going to miss him and, you know, what she'll hate when he's gone and like all this kind of stuff. I just love it. It feels so authentic. It feels like we're getting back to like what reality TV was. Remember on Housewives when they used to like, like damn a confessional like they would like when they showed up to a group event they would just pull like one off to the side people would be walking in the background it's like okay well, how do you feel about this event today child lisa would just be there like well i don't know about this psychic but you know i'm i don't fool with this kind of stuff i'm gonna give it a chance though you know my horns blowing in the background it, it just felt so authentic back then and if family karma gives me that that's one of the reasons why i love it so much i feel we meet the Patels, Sean and Dylan, much more in depth than we met them last season. See, last season, it was it was like really minimal. Like we saw Sean on the group trip with them. And, you know, we heard about Dylan's big coming out story, which we're reminded of in this episode, like how he wrote that big article coming out at Duke and how it went viral on social media. And Anisha, who has been like good friends with him since he was a kid, but was a little older, I think. You know, they she reached out to him and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So we we really get to meet them and their family. We heard about their dad and, you know, all this stuff. So it, it seems like they'll be good additions on the show, like good natural additions on the show. We get to the scene where they all meet up to play basketball. Child, them editors got them right 
together. They were missing every damn shot they took. I don't know who planned this group scene, but you should have planned something else. If you knew damn well, ain't none of y'all played basketball since y'all were uh, five years old <laughs> in the middle of the street. Y'all could have skipped it. Y'all could have just went to lunch like the basketball wives do. You know, basketball wives, they ain't doing nothing except going to eat lunch. That's it. And then don't eat when they get there, child. We learned that the beef between <laughs> young ass Dylan and 34 year ass year old ass Vishal is because Dylan apparently has been calling Vishal gay and said that, you know, he's on the gayness Richter scale and that he's giving oral sex to men. Listen, before I continue, this is like the major conflict point this episode and like the major point of most of these voice notes that I received, okay? Now, see, I've only got, I think I've only given y'all, what, two voice notes so far. I still got three more for Family Karma alone, okay? <laughs> Let me throw it over to Aaron from the Bravo Wild Black podcast to give his thoughts, some of which y'all might have heard if y'all came to our most recent clubhouse room, you know, Melanated Bravo, quick little plug, you know, me and uh, uh, Kaya and Aaron from Bravo Wild Black, you know, we get together once a week, crack the hell up on clubhouse, bring y'all on stage, y'all be cracking us with us, you know, we do a, some conspiracy theories, we do all that, let me throw it over to him so he can give y'all his opinions about this very moment. Hello, this is Aaron from Bravo Wild Black, and I wanted to talk about Family Karma. I definitely want to call out Dylan because I feel like he's full of shit. You don't throw those kind of accusations around, period. You're accusing somebody of sucking dick. How is he supposed to react? He is a man, and at that time, he was engaged. That is wild. That is crazy. He has those fake-ass tears. I don't believe it. I don't buy it at all. As a matter of fact, he laughed at Vashal's threat. So, in conclusion, I don't take Dylan seriously. And I think he deserved whatever Vashal said to him. Just to be messy and quite hilarious, I'm going to now give y'all Donnie from the uh, Know That Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to give him the floor to give y'all his opinions about this whole situation. They're a little bit different than Aaron's, and they are ridiculous. So here you go. Hi, it's Donnie from Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, and a not-yet-announced secret project. Follow Real Donnie Wood on Instagram for more details. And I just wanted to say that Vishal just needs to shut up. I assumed he was gay before I started watching the show. I thought Family Karma was about a... A whole family of gays. <laughs> I didn't, you know, like, we are family. That kind of family. I didn't know it was about an actual family. Because everyone in this cast has gay face. So for Vijal to be upset that Dylan said some things about him being gay, first of all, it was clearly just a joke. Second of all, if it wasn't, everyone thinks you're gay. Get over it. You know, it's moments like this that I hate that the Know That podcast only <laughs> talks about, like, you know, housewives things and has guests on to talk about housewives for the most part, I mean, because I would love to hear three gay men talk about this encounter, especially those three, Donnie, Quinn, and, uh, ooh, why am I blanking? Oh, no, I'm panicking. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> oh, he go get me. Oh, we, I'm messy. I'm sorry. I apologize. Listen, 
I would love to hear y'all's thoughts about this. Donnie just gave me his. I'm sure y'all would uh, go in on his ass. So that's going to be hilarious. And then I said Aaron, not Anthony. Child, Aaron is who I just played. You know what? It's too. Let me go ahead and get my ass over here so I can watch the damn Annabelle movie. I'm really going through it. <laughs> Vishal pulls Dylan aside and point blank period confronts him. Dylan says he thought he was comfortable in his sexuality, but Vishal, you know, Vishal just keeps pressing him. Dylan apologizes, but Vishal feels that it's not genuine, basically. Vishal, child, obviously, like, trying to overcompensate for, like, you know, something that's, ugh. For a joke that's now being kind of, like, publicized about his sexuality, he threatens to, quote-unquote, put him in the ground. <laughs> to which Dylan says, <laughs> Listen, this is the hardest I've laughed and watching Bravo in a minute. That cracked me up, okay? Now listen, Vishal, I get it. You haven't picked a fight with anybody else on this show, but Dylan is a good one to pick a fight with. I always tell y'all, don't pick a fight with everybody you meet because you'll be surprised at who can fight and who can't. Okay, let me give y'all some life lessons. If somebody you know, always is getting their car worked on. Like if they always got to get a new alternator or get some fixed on this. or you know, the gas, the gas captain fell out and the gas keep coming out of some, that's not somebody you want to fight. That's somebody that's constantly mad at the world. They constantly having to put money in that old last car and they mad about some stuff. You don't want to fight them. Anybody that shows up to a fight and is already barefoot you don't want to fight them. I swear to God, they go drag you all across their parking lot. That is not a fight you can win, okay? It's <laughs> plenty of people. Anybody that doesn't have, like, what is it called? Anybody that doesn't have uh, the automatic windows, like, if you still rolling your windows down to go somewhere, I know you can fight. That's somebody I promise you, you do not want to see in the streets, okay? Vishal, you did right. <laughs> pick on Dylan because don't pick on nobody bigger than you, okay? Let's jump to Brian Benny's birthday party. Uh, Bali, I think, finally arrives and is slaying per usual. The confessionals, everything. All of the people finally start arriving and we see that like Anisha goes right up to Rish and tells him that she, want, that she talked about him, basically. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I called you the dollar store Drake, but seeing you in person, you're a level above that. <laughs> Thus, Chanel Drake was born, okay? And then she does like the awkward run up on Monica and it's like, let's be cordial. Hi, hi, bye, bye. That whole weird ass moment. I don't, I don't know what that was, child. The word cordial should be triggering to all real reality TV fans. It's that basketball wives shit where like, they're like, okay, Jennifer Williams, I know I threw a drink at you while you were out of the country, but you know, let's, let's be cordial or okay, Jennifer Williams, I knew I threw a table at your ass, but you know, let, let's be cordial or okay, Jennifer Williams, I know I ran across a table to whoop your ass, but let's be cordial or okay, Jennifer Williams. I know that I took my martini glass 
And with the strength of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk, I tried to drown your ass. But let's have a cordial divorce. Child, they've they been on Jennifer's ass like back pockets for a minute, okay? <laughs> let's go ahead and jump to the end, what we all want to talk about. Sean confronts Vish about the threats to Dylan. He said, Why, uh, did you really threaten him? And Vish was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you can't do that. And Vish was like, uh, why? <laughs> you know what? My best good friend, Nor, from one of my favorite podcasts, the Reality Is podcast, she breaks this entire like episode arc down so well that I'm actually not going to talk about it in length. I'm actually going to defer to her. Oh, Noor. Okay. Hi, this is Noor from the Reality Is podcast, and I have a lot of thoughts about family karma. So here we go. So I thought I was in the majority when I said, oh, I, we said on the podcast, we don't like Vishal and we think that what he did was terrible. Now, um, a lot of people on the internet, it turns out, disagree with me. So I'm in the minority with my thought. But here's why I feel this way. I'm a South Asian woman and I don't like Vishal. I think that he's a very tragic and lost person. I don't think he should be on TV. And I know that that is my own personal bias because I grew up with guys like Vishal. If a woman in a South Asian community is not married in her 30s, even if she has like an incredible career, she's treated like she's some sort of burden or like a mess to her family. I mean, you see it with Anish. Her family is great, but the fact that she is not married and even though she has her own business, she's treated like she's some sort of like a curse on the family because she's not married by the community. Vishal doesn't even have a career. He's a mess and he has a great fiance. He's got great friends, very successful people around him. He's not doing anything and he's home all day and he's like doted after by his mother. He's babied by his mother. And I know that like double standard all too well to have any sympathy for Vishal. In my opinion, I don't think Vishal should be on TV. I don't think he's okay. Like, you can tell he's emotionally not well. He's tragic and he's lost. And his sexuality, I think, is has very little to do with it. I think I personally don't think he's gay. But I think he's insecure. He's unsure of himself and surrounded by people who are... Because he's surrounded by people who are really amazing in everything they do. His best friend is Amrit. His brother is successful. His parents are successful. The entire community, the Patel brothers are successful. His fiance is successful. And I think it's also really suspect that when he went to go confront Dylan about what he said, he said nothing about the dick-sucking rumors, but he said stuff about the Kinsey scale. Is Dylan the first person in the community who probably said something about Vishal being gay? Probably not. But what does Vishal do? Rather than stepping up to anybody else in the community and saying anything to everybody else last year with the rumors, he was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. I'm so fluid. I don't care. People think I'm gay, but I don't really care. He doesn't say anything to them. But who does he pick on? He picks on somebody who's nearly a decade younger than him, who he literally calls his baby brother. And then he keeps justifying it by saying, oh, my brother beat me up all the time to keep me in line. It's like, okay, so that's super disturbing because you're basically paying forward the abuse that you had growing up that likely ruined you as a person. And that's fucked up. I also think we should be mindful of the fact that Dylan is the first in his community to come out or maybe like in his family. He has a big ass family. He's the first one to come out. And the fear of having physical harm done to him is a very real fear. Like that's, it's not just like an, like a random threat or like 
he can't just brush that under the rug. Gay men get beat by straight men in the world all the time. In India, this is really common. Around the world where being gay was a criminal offense, it is really common. So for Dylan to be threatened by a big by this guy who's 10 years older than him, who's straight, that he's going to bash his face into the ground, that's a scary thing. And so everybody's like, oh, Dylan's being so dramatic. Like, that might be a real threat for him because gay men are physically threatened or physically harmed, actually physically harmed all the time. So I think by straight men. So I think that that's something that we should also be mindful of when we're like, oh, talk shit, get hit. You know, like that's not really... That's not a thing. And also, like, look, let me tell you something. South Asians, we do talk shit and we don't hit, like, especially not the communities that these guys belong in. Like, you talk shit, but you don't actually hit anybody. You don't actually threaten physical violence. And, like, even the moms, like, the moms will talk as much shit to each other about each other, but then they'll be polite and kind to each other's faces. Now, do I think that? Sean should have approached Vishal in that way at the party. I don't think he was that mean about it. I think he was lovely. Like I I think all brothers should do. I think it was admirable. But Vishal not backing down and seeing that his issue was actually wrong and then just masking it with, oh yeah, I said that shit to my brother all the time. I, I, I got beat up by my brother all the time. Shannon's like, no, I don't talk to my brother that way. You can't I'm his actual brother and I'm telling you, you can't threaten physical violence. And Michelle's like, well, that's how brothers talk. And it's like, no, you can't tell a man that you're threatening his brother because he's like a brother to you, to his brother. Does that make sense? (laughs) I sound like Jocelyn. (laughs) The grandma is the baby. (laughs) Anyway, all that to say, I love this premiere. I thought it was great. And I think that everybody's going to have a different reaction to this Vishal situation but this was just my opinion as a South Asian woman who grew up with guys like this, okay? Um, also, I think, like I said, I don't think Michelle is gay. I think that he's very lost. And I also think that the entire world watched the show last year and said, um, that man is gay, right? And that probably, does, that, uh, that probably did impact his relationship. But again, rather than actually dealing with his relationship what is he doing oh he's picking on this little kid who apparently clarified and said i never said anything about sucking his dick and i only uh said that he was on the kinsey scale which by the way we all are on we are all on the kinsey scale uh but that's that was it and michelle got crazy and mind you he was drunk like he was drunk the entire time at the party. He got to the party, he did a bunch of shots and he got drunk. And then he was like not in his right mind at all. So maybe Sean is wrong for like trying to talk talk sense to him at that moment. But yeah, I think that Michelle is not in the right and uh, Michelle is unwell. And he is misdirecting his relationship issues and his issues with his family. Uh, he's misdirecting that anger and that tension and that sadness towards Dylan because Dylan is like low-hanging fruit for him. Is that a racial, is that a homophobic slur? I don't mean fruit in that way. Kendrick, cut this part out. (laughs) I love you. I'll talk to you later today. Bye. She's one of my favorite people to record with. I love that she's funny and she she breaks shit down so well. So like I, one of the things I love about this podcast is that like when I do my like weekly like solicitations for 
any kind of voice message, you know, I usually post on my uh, stories on my Instagram. I like, you know, if any of you were moved to chorus in my Jill Scott voice, you know, if you were moved to chorus by anything of the episodes, just send me a voice note. I'll include you in. I didn't know family karma was going to get them in responses. And I didn't see the range of responses like being so great. And that's one of the things I love so much. Cause like everyone has, so, we all watched the same show and had vastly different opinions. I love it. Oh, you know what? I should have talked about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to begin with. Now I'm about to get pissed off all over again with sudden ass. Let's go ahead and take a trip to California. We pick right back up with Crystal and Sudden trying to explain, you know, why the phrase, I don't see color. You know, they're trying to explain it from their perspective. And Crystal is basically trying to, you know, explain why it's not as gold star as white people sometimes think it is. This is actually something that me and my own best friend have actually talked about. It was years ago, though. He's white. I'm black, obviously. How you doing? (laughs) He would tell me, like, you know, he was raised on that phrase, I don't see color. Like, his parents would tell him that you're not supposed to see color. You know, you treat everyone equally and all that kind of stuff. And me and him had that conversation one day. I was like, well, that's kind of, like, not a good way to view stuff. Like, you know, I my color, me being black is a huge part of my identity. So it's not about like not seeing color. It's about just treating you can, you know, you can treat me equally without ignoring my culture and my identity and all this kind of stuff. So I get, listen, we all get the sentiment, but it's a sentiment that we no longer need. Like we all have cultural pride. We all have pride in our heritage and we don't need to look past color in order to treat people as human beings. Them discussing Kathy the next morning is hilarious. Kathy Hilton is winning this season so far. First, she tried to go in the Sutton's room with eight pillows and a fan talking about, you know, what's up and the Sutton in their butt ass neck and that girl trying to go in there and hang out. Then she wound up in Kyle's room. Sis was drinking a Red Bull at 1.30 a.m. I'm gonna repeat that. Sis was drinking a Red Bull at 1.30 a.m., reading newspapers, all kind of disruptive shit, op- opening up snicker bars and candies and cookie pies, all kind of shit. Now, look, y'all know I'm a, a night owl. This is one of the reasons I can't share room with people, with, you know, share rooms with people while we're on vacation. I told y'all I like my air conditioner on Antarctica, okay? It needs to be on Antarctica. And I stay up late. Okay, and I like to sleep the TV on because I ain't paying the electric bill there, okay? <laughs> I'm paying my hotel room bill. They're not going to charge me they uh Memphis light gas and water bill, okay? Me and Kathy, though, actually seem like me and Kathy, maybe we could actually share a room together here. She need a fan, and she like to stay up late eating cookie pies and shit. Hell, they, they, they tried to wake Kathy up for the, the group activity, and she was knocked the fuck out. That is big me in her G, do you hear me? I'm Kathy. You, I'm gonna change my last name to Hilton because I feel like we some family. Soon after this discussion, we get Crystal and Sudden take two. Sudden tells her how she thought it was a mean way to say the things that she was saying last night, and Crystal apologizes. Child, 
Crystal, you better than I'll ever be. Let me tell you that. <laughs> then she tells a story that, you know, she probably could have shared with Sutton last night had she not gone off the deep end. Her father, like, they were at a gas station once and he was being cursed at and racial slurs were being thrown at him. They were telling him, why are you over here in our country, stealing our jobs, we can't find employment, all this kind of stuff. He got in the car with his young daughter in the back seat that night, drove off and never disgusted with her. He couldn't bring himself to even talk about this instance. That's the shame some people feel around racism. And you cut this woman off from telling you that kind of powerful experience with her. That's something that is so powerful. It would definitely connect y'all. I know you've had, but look, unfortunately, Crystal never got to share that. Sutton really just likes to kind of make herself the victim. She likes to be on the victim end of things, which is a trait that's really kind of coming to light this season. You know what? Let me throw it over to Nehemiah one last time, that African butterfly on Instagram. Let me throw it over to her because she definitely has some thoughts about this Sutton and Crystal conversation. Hi, my name is Nimare, or That African Butterfly, um, and I wanted to talk about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I just got done with the episode, um, mostly about Sutton, because she is really the classic example of someone who thinks that they are like accepting and open and loving and liberal or whatever, um, but really they just want to maintain that status quo. Like they don't want to have uncomfortable conversations and anything that points out to something that makes them feel slightly awkward, then suddenly they're the victim. And I feel like those people don't understand what a problem that is. You know, at the end of the day, when we speak about race, yes, there are overtly racist people out there in the world who are mean and awful, and there's not much you can do about them. They're going to be there. Um, but luckily, it's not a huge percentage of people. But unfortunately, what is a huge percentage of people are all the people in the middle who say things like, I don't see color, and race isn't a problem, when it, it absolutely is. And maybe not on a personal level, People may not be racist, but on a systemic level, they definitely are. And we definitely live in a country that ingrains it in us and it's indoctrinated. So it's not enough to just be not racist. You have to be actively anti-racist and you have to be also okay having those conversations. It makes you feel uncomfortable, but you most people don't know what they don't know about racism and how deep it goes and how far back it goes. But the only way to learn is to listen. And it's frustrating that Sutton basically refuses to she just wants to talk over or she wants to be the victim and it's it's frustrating and it's hard to watch and even on like a lighter topic besides racism with the prank she kind of did the same thing like oh I'm I'm the victim of this also like to add and state for the record that I don't think that Erica knew about what Tom did and the only reason why I think that is not because morally I think she would have been upset with it even though we can pretend like she would have but the actual reason is because I think she's too intelligent to go on a reality tv show if she knew they had all that heat behind them like I think if she actually knew what was going on she would have kept living her happy rich life and would not have gone on tv to blow it up she's too intelligent for that so that's really the only reason why I think that um that Erica didn't know 
child, I guess we're going to find out over the next couple episodes whether she knew or not. I don't know, Erica, what you been doing over there? What you been doing over there, Erica? I don't know. <laughs> Sudden, <clears throat> them damn $2,000 slippers. Okay, I'm not going to lie. They were everything. Okay, I, I kind of want me a pair. But I'd I be damned if I paid $2,000 for them. I know I can go to a beauty supply store around here. I know somebody will knock them off after a while and get them for $20. Fuck you mean. I'm like Garcelle. I'm judging hell. <laughs> Child, I'm glad they let that Paris Hilton conversation not go left. I'm glad Kathy we're seeing as a cast member that can actually listen and comprehend conversations and not take offense. Cause I know Kyle had she not have been back friends with Garcelle, she would have been ready to pounce, but she was like, you know what? I don't want them problems. I'm just now becoming friends with that lady. Let me not start the bullshit. Let's jump to the dinner. Sudden talks about the situation between her and Crystal she said, I feel like people think I'm racist because I'm from the South. Don't you feel that way, Erica? Erica was like, hell no. <laughs> I know that's right, Erica. Don't let her rope you into that bullshit. You already got enough bullshit going on. Don't let nobody rope you into some extra bullshit. Dorit's ass jumps in and almost gets her head bit off. She called herself a child of the world, girl, <laughs> and ended up saying maybe Erica doesn't feel that way because she's been in, you know, a world that's multicultural and sudden's like, girl, fuck you. Well, she didn't say that, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Listen, I was hollering at how far apart these people were sitting. So they were having to whisper, but shout like they would. <laughs> The shade was so loud, but nobody could hear. It was a mess. Like they, <laughs> So they had to like holler whisper. The Reed had to holler whisper that sudden, you know, once again has bitten someone's head off. Now, is this something new? No, but it's important because sudden's behavior just goes downhill from here as if it couldn't get worse from the previous episode and the beginning of this one. Somehow it gets more strange. The prank. Kathy Hilton starts a whole lot of shit and don't even realize it. <laughs> she pranks them by getting Dorit to chug a martini, quote unquote, with her, which is actually just water. The other half of the table is doing the same, but Kathy doesn't know it. So it's a, like a whole lot of people pranking each other, but not realizing that they pranking the girl and sitting next to him. But the girl sitting next to him actually ain't on it, but she's not on the on the prank that's on the other side of the table. She don't know about them, but she know about the one that's going on across the hall from her. So she, it, it's a lot of shit, a whole lot of stuff. Dorit was making gestures at Erica to check her phone, like literally holding up a telephone real quick when she was talking to Erica. And Erica was making gestures at Rena to check her phone, but Sudden wasn't in on like the joke and didn't know what the hell was going on. She thought she was being talked about. They get in the car after they leave the restaurant and she brought it up and Crystal fills her in, but Kathy is in the car with them. So she like kind of gives her one of those, you know how when your friend, you know, they trying to play a prank on somebody or they trying, you know, to get someone not to realize something, they'll kind of like lightly, they'll lightly tap your leg, like with their foot, like, girl, you know, oh, sh don't say nothing, girl, no, I don't say nothing. You know, that kind of stuff. Crystal does that to her. And apparently, I mean, it apparently it almost took Kathy out of here. Like, I mean, it was worse than COVID. Like it, it almost took 
it took Sutton's ass on away from this planet. Like I, cause she was not okay. Okay. She didn't, Crystal just didn't want to ruin like the fun. And she didn't want Kathy to find out that they all knew just yet. Suddenly we get a repeat of the let the mouse go incident. Sutton gets out of the car and runs to the ladies in the other van and is like visibly upset. And she says, I'm going to bed. You know, and that gone with the wind voice she be doing. I'm going to bed. Sutton knows, I mean, Garcelle knows that, you know, Sutton is overreacting. But to kind of placate her, she's like, okay, were you guys talking about Sutton under the table? And everybody's like, no, of course not. No, we're not talking about her. Sutton baby let it go she tries to come at crystal and tells her to be honest and admit she kicked her and all that kind of stuff crystal explains everything and then tells Sutton to calm the fuck down and she tells the girl you are so uptight you are uptight man i've never met anybody as uptight as you calm down she mentions how Sutton, you know always wants to be the victim and hmm didn't i just say that as well i sure did <laughs> I just can't, it, it tracks. That's what I'll say, it tracks. Don't get me wrong, I love Sutton for giving us the theatrics this season because you know I love a theatrical-ass, messy-ass, unhinged-ass housewife. But Sutton, you taking this shit a little too far now. We're getting a little tired of your ass, okay? Let me throw it over to my girl, Zell, from the Who Asked Me podcast. Hello, hello. My name is Zell Brooks from the Who Asked Me podcast. And, you know... I just have to say something about Miss Sutton. I am not understanding that even if she thinks it's rude to not be included in the joke, why at her big age is she saying, crying over a joke about some water and some martinis? You know, it all just seems so immature. And then... On top of that, to act like Crystal purposefully kicked her like two kids on the playground. I don't know if it's the alcohol with Sutton or what's going on, but I need her to get a grip and bring it down because we talk about practical jokes and shushes. Literally just practical jokes and shushes like that's it. That's all like sudden you got to calm the hell down. They start sitting around and explaining everything. And Sutton is like, well, I've never had a friend kick me and say, you know, don't say anything. Crystal said, well, there's a first time for everything. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, say what you want about Crystal. She ain't the one or the two. Okay. But once again, she has to apologize to Sutton to placate her feelings. Oh, Child, I'm so tired of people having to constantly apologize to sensitive-ass people and people who are obnoxiously in the wrong just so she'll stop crying. I'm so tired of y'all. If you, if you have to cry every time you start some shit, maybe you should just stop starting shit. Don't that make sense? I'm just saying. If you a mama and you ain't never got your baby and your grandmama always got your baby, then you're not the mama. Your grandmama the baby. Listen, Crystal was tired of it all. 
Because she went and got on that phone and she wove Sutton's ass out to whoever she was talking to. And you know what? I can't wait for the conclusion of all of this next week. And I'm finally ready to see all this shit with Erica go down. Not as excited as I am to see, you know, Jen Shaw. Y'all, that mess go down because, woo, y'all starting GoFundMe's for that lady. Y'all, if y'all don't go to hell, <laughs> you know what? Y'all hear from me again in a couple of days once I get to watch Loki. I'm going to watch it and I'll report back. You guys, follow us on Clubhouse. We love it. We're going to have a room every single Thursday, and we talk plenty of shit. We have plenty of laughs. Join us. I'll see you guys next time. See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.